When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Baby blue, just like we rehearsed. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better... Get them up, get them going, light the tower. The Longhorns are national champions again in uh, volleyball. And what a weekend it was. We've got football, basketball, high school, uh, portal recruiting. And, yes, the Longhorns are national champs once again on the volleyball court. Pretty amazing stuff in Tampa yesterday. Longhorn football team now two weeks out to their chance to go play for a national championship. At least a semifinal matchup with the Washington Huskies two weeks from today. On New Year's night in New Orleans, we'll continue to preview. It was a good weekend for the Horns football side as well as they began ball prep practice. Also received a big portal commitment over the weekend. We'll dive in there. It's uh, early signing window and high school football recruiting opens on Wednesday. Safe to say we'll uh, get you that covered as well. Uh, I've got high school football state championships, 12 of them over the weekend, or at least from last week into the weekend. Got hoops. Got uh, football aplenty in the Cowboys. Embarrassing loss in Buffalo yesterday. Texans a gritty clutch win in Tennessee yesterday, highlighting Week 15 in the National Football League. As we always say to start on Monday, five hours may just be enough to get to all the conversations we need to have with you on this Monday morning, the 18th of December, one week to Christmas. And we'll say happy holidays to you and yours as you get up and out this morning. We appreciate you being there wherever you find us. Maybe it's on 101.9 on the FM dial. Could be AM 1260. And always on our easy-to-use and easy-to-find Horn app. Download it to your smartphone and listen to us wherever you are in the 512 in the great state all over the world on that Horn app digitally. You can also listen on our website at hornfm.com as we get you rolling on this Monday morning. Look who it is across the desk. Hope he had a great weekend as well as he cranks it up, shutting down his side of the field for five hours every day, five days a week. He is our shutdown corner from the uh, 713 down in Houston. Uh, DB High down there. Also DBU right here in the 512. A lifetime Longhorn, four years in the NFL, 16 years now. Doing great radio and media here in uh, Central Texas. He is the football theorist. Blackstradamus and the proud papa of Baby Monroe, who will celebrate her first Christmas one week from today. He is our man, Rod Babers. What's up, Rod? I'm doing great. I appreciate the intro and the hospitality. And uh, congrats to you, too. Got uh, a, another, a graduate. Yeah, you, my baby. My You're baby girl. <laughs> yeah, she graduated college over the weekend. Yeah, so it was a busy, man, busy weekend up to Denton and back. And uh, How was everything? Ceremony good? Everything? It was great. Yeah, okay. it was about noon on Saturday. Brayton drove up and uh, – Watched her walk the stage. Graduate, graduated summa cum laude, Rod. Come on, man. Yeah, man. Hey. She, uh, she delivered the goods. She's a hardworking High young lady. High achiever. High achiever. We got one of those High in the achiever. family. Three and a half years <laughs> and never a B. So what can you say? That is a that is definitely so proud. Just proud that to is, say, yeah. That is what. What's uh, what she what she majored in? What she psychology? Studied? She's going oh. to get a master's and in, in no counseling. B's in psychology. Come on, nope. man. Nope. That's uh, nope. that's fantastic. So congrats to you and the family. Man. I know that's a big yeah. Deal. Thing. Well, congrats to her for yeah. sure. She's uh, a, yeah, yeah. No, she did the hard work. Well, actually, I take that back. You guys did a lot of. 
lot of the work too. You know what I mean? So it's uh, fantastic though. Uh, so congrats to you and the family. Thank and, you, sir. Uh, before we get started, got a lot to get into, so we don't want to waste a lot. Of, we don't want to waste any time, but we do want to take some time to uh, give some love and show support to those who serve. We know you're up early with us. Uh, we know it's it's an honor, but also a burden out there for uh, those who serve, whether it be God, country, or community. We want you to know that we appreciate you. You're on our hearts and our minds each and every morning. We do this show. Uh, the the soldiers, first responders, the teachers, the nurses, waste management, doesn't matter who you are. If you're serving our community, you're serving our country, uh, we appreciate you. Shout out. Shout out, no question about that. And shout out to our producer, Ty, who is uh, celebrating hey. a birthday over the weekend. Okay. Uh, happy, happy birthday, birthday Ty. Ty. What, 26 years young now, my friend? Congrats, yes, sir, my friend. How was, your, how was the birthday weekend? It was long. Um, I was surprised <laughs> was wasn't hung over yesterday. Just very tired. Uh, had to watch that terrible game, which I kind of told you all was going to happen as a Cowboys fan. You, you know that you that told, let you warned us about the Cowboys. The letdown was inevitable. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great weekend. Thank you all for, for the birthday wishes. Yeah. Yeah, well, happy birthday. Yeah, and, the maturity uh, that you're not hung over. <laughs> yeah, you're growing uh, up Well, I should have been. I, I should have been hung over. You should have been. I don't know. I've been beating it the past few weekends. It might be accumulating here for, for yeah, one of these random think, days. But I think you're good. just 26, but you're just getting older. That's what that is. Right? Actually, you don't do that. <laughs> I feel like they get worse <laughs> as you get older. Oh, you don't have to. No, you don't, you you to. don't even bother as you get older. Yeah, you get a little right. buzz, but you don't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't have to get. You don't hey. have to get. We deal with those consequences. That's right. <laughs> well, it was a great weekend. Uh, a lot of phases around the Longhorn land, of course, on the forty acres and the Burn Orange. Let's get you caught up on the news of the morning. It's a very busy Monday as usual. We'll recap the good, the bad, and the ugly coming up throughout our five hours. Rod will take us behind the Burn Orange curtain. We'll get some what the facts this hour. But first, let's get you caught up with the top stories. Top Gun Reynolds and Lonica will bring you the top news. We'll start with Light the Tower, right? Uh, once again, the Texas Longhorns are NCAA volleyball champions for a second consecutive year. Head coach Jared Elliott's Horns finished off their back-to-back -back run with an exclamation point yesterday in front of a national TV audience on ABC. Let's be very clear. Nebraska, for the entirety of the season, has been the best team in college volleyball. To see what Texas has done to the number one overall seed, nothing short of dominant. For the championship. Just like last year, back to back on an ace for Texas. Your national champions, the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, there it was yesterday on ABC. The Longhorns finished off top-ranked Nebraska in three straight dominating sets. After that epic five-set match win over Tennessee back in the round of 16, Longhorns rolled past the top three teams in the country previously, Stanford, Wisconsin, and Nebraska to clinch the program's fifth national championship, the third under head coach Jared Elliott. Uh, Third-ranked Texas football team, as we said, will continue their quest for a national championship. Two weeks from today, they'll face second-ranked Washington in the Sugar Bowl. New Year's Day, the evening of New Year's Day in New Orleans. Head coach Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns began bowl practices Saturday. They also received a major commitment from one of their top transfer portal targets Saturday when former Houston wide receiver Matthew Golden announced his intention to transfer to Texas. He's six foot, 190-pounder out of Klein Kane. Uh, he caught 76 passes for nearly 1,000 yards and 13 touchdowns in two years with the Cougars. He's also a dynamic punt and kick returner. Uh, Texas will host also hosted a hard, large group of high school prospects over the weekend ahead of the early signing window, which opens on Wednesday. We'll have updates on those visits throughout the morning here on Hook'em Up. Also a good weekend for the Texas men's basketball team. Head coach Rodney Terry's Longhorns posted their most impressive win of the non-conference season so far. They topped LSU 96-85 down at the Toyota Center in Houston. They improved 8-2. The game featured the return of big man Dylan DeSue. He poured in 17 points at five assists and uh, in his first action since last year's NCAA tournament when he injured his foot. Week 15 in the NFL, Dallas Cowboys. 
Cowboys clinched a playoff berth before their game in Buffalo kicked off yesterday, but that was unfortunately the only positive of the day. Bills roared out to a 21-3 halftime lead yesterday, cruised to a dominating 31-10 win. Running back James Cook ran through, around, and all over the Cowboys' defense. Second year back, rushed for 179 yards and a touchdown. He added 42 more and a touchdown through the air. Buffalo improves to 8-6. Cowboys fall to 10-4 and and a half game back of first place Philadelphia in the NFC East. They'll now sit back and watch tonight's Monday Night Football matchup where first place Philadelphia faces the Seahawks in Seattle. Eagles may be without starting quarterback Jalen Hurts tonight. He's listed as questionable dealing with an illness. Elsewhere in the NFL, uh, gritty clutch win for the injury-ravaged Houston Texans yesterday. They, they fell behind 13-0 early in Tennessee, but rallied back behind backup quarterback Case Keenum to force overtime, and then top Tennessee, 19-16 on Kaimi Fairbairn's 54-yard field goal as time expired in overtime. Also yesterday, Christian McCaffrey scored three more touchdowns. NFC East leading Niners rolled past Arizona. They run their win streak to six. And last night on Sunday Night Football, Buffalo, uh, excuse me, Baltimore hammered Jacksonville 23-7. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho ho ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Uh, first off, congrats to the ladies, uh, the uh, women, uh, the volleyball team winning their second back to back consecutive national championship. We talked about this last week how many coaches on the 40 acres can, in the history of Texas sports, can claim back to back national titles i mean eddie reese you, it's it's easy throw him out there but anybody else that's easily yeah, that comes to mind just top of mind uh, no uh, a, a program at texas that went back to back for national championships, national uh, championships. somebody out there who uh, uh is thinking of it i mean i don't think baseball ever did um baseball did i'm two sure there are quidditch quidditch yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not brushed up on my quidditch history uh, for me texas neither. Not, um, but it, i'm just talking it's about rare it's rarefied air it's where they rare, are man. it's rare anywhere but for sure. Yeah, in any sport. So uh, congrats to the, the, the volleyball team. Congrats to Coach Elliott, too, man. He's built a hell of a program. They beat number they beat number one, number two, and number three. And it wasn't necessarily – I mean, it was a dominant, dominant performances. Yeah, overpowered. They, I mean, that's, they weren't competitive matches. No, I mean, that's why I mentioned <laughs> in the headlines. In that Tennessee match they had in the round of 16 out in Stanford out in Palo Alto, uh, I mean, they saw the end, right? They were down in the fourth set uh, and – to be eliminated and had to rally to, to, to fight for that, get it to a fifth set where they won impressively. Um, and, and that was the last time they were really challenged. They, from that point, they just mowed through Stanford on their home, home court, uh, mowed through Wisconsin on Thursday night, and then yesterday against Nebraska, who you heard in that clip from ABC, had been the number one team and the assumed champion all year long. Um, you know, Texas beat them three straight, won the first one. It was almost like after the first, first set, Rod, 25-22, um, that – Texas figured some things out, or Nebraska, you know, had their will snapped or broken because uh, Asia, Asia O'Neill went on a six consecutive point streak of aces. Like, like they couldn't return her serve. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> in that zone. Yeah, man. That's in the zone, man. Uh, Texas became just the, uh, they became the first team uh, in NCAA volleyball history to win back to back national titles while sweeping both opponents. 3 0. Sweeps. Sweeps. Broke out the brooms on them. Um, so it was truly a uh, dominant run by them at the end there. So uh, congrats to the ladies. That was fantastic. Yeah, man. Um, what a weekend. What a weekend it was. And, uh, the not good, a the bad, the ugly. for the Cowboys. The no. Cow that was ugly. I'm not going to lie. That was ugly. I know Ty tried to warn us about it, but uh, that was no excuse to get beat that bad. And the manner in which the Buffalo Bills beat the Cowboys by just deciding to run the football. And this, you know, at this point in the season – 
I mean, you are what you are, right? Your flaws are known and they, they have been revealed and your strengths and weaknesses are well-defined. And the Cowboys have a problem with teams who decide that they want to knuckle up and just run the ball. And whether that be the 49ers when they did it, Arizona did it against them that way. I didn't even know Buffalo had it in them to do this. We, we've been complaining about Buffalo running the lack of a, a rushing identity for how long? Two, three years now? And they decide they want to forge a rushing identity against the Dallas Cowboys? That's a problem. When they don't even need Josh Allen to win that game, yeah, 94 passing yards, seven completions David either. from Josh Allen. If I told you that before the game, you'd be like, oh, blowout. Cowboys win. Yeah, they'll huh? win by 21. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Nope. No, they just ran the ball, man. They just well, ran the Well, and I'll give some credit. I mean, I think as we said all it's last week. great game plan by them, though. I'm not oh, 100%. taking it away for the Bills. Well, and then you give credit to uh, Joe Brady, too. Remember, Ken Dorsey was re- removed as their offensive mm-hmm. coordinator a few weeks ago. Um, and obviously, I think we're starting to see – what the changes are with that offense. They're, they're changing as they go here, trying to – because, they, look, they're more talented than their record indicates, right, at 8-6 and six or 7-6 and six before that game. We know they're one of the more talented rosters. We talked about Sean McDermott. But, you know, they put it all together yesterday, and I think the Cowboys missing Jonathan Hankins, the injured uh, defensive tackle, that hurts their run defense. But it can't just be one guy. That was uh, – that was a lame performance by the Cowboys in pretty much every phase. It was offense, defense, coaching, uh, the penalties, roughing the punter, um, you know, all the way to the point of Mike McCarthy leaving the starters in all the way into the fourth quarter when the game was decided, and Zach Martin got hurt. Now they're wondering about him for next week in a huge game on, you know, over Christmas with Miami. So I don't think there was any real positive outside of as I said in the headlines that they clinched a playoff berth before the game began because of results ahead of them. Uh, the rest of the day was was pretty miserable for the Cowboys. They really miss Jonathan Hankins. Yes, they do. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll give the Bills a lot of credit because they built that game plan based on, you know, that void that would be left in the Cowboys' defense without Jonathan Hankins. And the Cowboys, the Cowboys allowed 22 rushes of at least five yards. Ugh. 22 rushes of at least five yards. That tied for the franchise's most uh, since they had, 20, I think, 27 such rushes of five yards or more against the Ravens in 2000. Right? So you're talking about tw- over 20 years since the Cowboys had a rushing uh, a defensive performance uh, in terms of their rush defense has been this mediocre. Well, that's, that's problematic when you're looking at teams like uh, San Francisco, Detroit, uh, Philadelphia again, when if you have to face them come playoff time, you just beat them. But that's where, you know, Ty's, you know, lifelong Cowboys fan. We talked about it. You know, the, the, the high of last Sunday's win, right, the high of beating the Eagles and kind of slaying that dragon and uh, playing as well as they did, could they handle the the success, right? You know, da, J- Jerry Jones called it the – the best win of the Mike McCarthy era, and they were almost, I don't want to say popping champagne, but it kind of felt like that. Riding high. Just, just to beat the uh, – riding high is a good way to put it. And, um, no, it, it, it didn't show up. They didn't handle the, uh, the, the opportunity very well at all, and that's not, not, uh, that's not ideal because uh, they you – know, again, this is the, the second time they've gone on – the third time, as you said, they've gone on the road this year and gotten smacked around by a team that just ran the ball, Arizona, San Francisco, and now – the Buffalo Bills just running all over him. And as we said, Josh Allen completed seven passes. That's it. Seven passes. It was his fewest. He was under 100 yards uh, total in passing yards. That, I believe the last time he had under 100 passing yards was his fifth start. I guess it was his fifth start as, a, as an NFL quarterback. It, it was just shocking that they did not need the game-changing 
uh, impact play of Josh Allen to win that game. They just decided to run the football on the Cowboys. And um, it was also Dak Prescott. Is MV, so the MV, is the MVP thing over? Is it? Uh, yeah, well, look, is, I mean, is it, that's it. I think that's it. That's how it lasted for we had a week of it. I mean, I guess he could have we a huge a week game against the Dolphins, you know, while everybody's paying attention on Christmas. And, um, but, you know, Cowboys have already been installed as an early two point underdog in that game. But, uh, look, I mean, is it, is it MV Purdy? MV Purdy or is it MV McCaffrey? MVP McCaffrey. It's on, so somebody on the 49ers. Somebody on the 49ers. Somebody in the backfield on the 49ers is going to win the award. Because they've won six in a row. They've won each of those six by 12 points or more. Yeah. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, three more touchdowns. Brock Purdy threw four more touchdowns. Uh, we've said this for a month now. When, when they're healthy, the Niners are a machine, and they really have no peer. Uh, Cowboys, Eagles, Detroit, anybody, I don't think. But um, it felt like the Cowboys, the way Dak Prescott had been playing since the bye week, that the Cowboys were at least going to put themselves in the debate. Yesterday, that all came crashing down. Now, it's just a one-game situation, but that was another, as you said, revealing situation for the Dallas Cowboys of what they – what they ultimately might be for, for this season. Yeah, um, and they're probably going to have to go on the road in the playoffs, and they haven't been great on the road in the regular season, and they're nope. probably going to have to play a team. Well, not probably. They're going to play a team that's their identity is a power-rushing team, a team that can run the football. That's going to happen. Um, but also now teams that play them, you're going to resort to that. right? Miami is going to decide, okay, you know what, actually? I'm going to try to run the ball a little bit more against the Cowboys, especially if Jonathan Hankins isn't there, uh, and they'll be on the road once again. So another test for them. That's it, I, and I think as long as the offense can kind of find this group back, the running game didn't work for them, and Dak was off. Um, nothing offensively really worked for well, the Cowboys. Well, that's kind of – I know you've been documenting with us, you know, with the, with the deep dives and, and Rod's rants and things about how the, the run game is improving with Tony Pollard. It still, to me, wasn't where it needs to be, especially if Dak Prescott's going to have an off day. And I think I think the Bills did a great job of, uh, of playing the safeties back and keeping everything in front of them and uh, you know, limiting CeeDee Lamb. They did a great job on Jake Ferguson yesterday defensively. Um, and then, you know, the, the Cowboys just couldn't line up and run the ball. They, they couldn't line up. And, and this is what, you know, Mike McCarthy's talked about going into the game. It's December. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a different environment. We've got to be able to run the football. They're not there yet. The, uh, the Bills were the team that uh, – because those teams are kind of similar in the way they go about, you know, the offense, right? It's kind of built around their quarterbacks and – um, opportunistic on defense and whatnot, pass rush. Uh, but at the same time, it was the in, in a big kind of a playoff game for both teams. Felt like that. It was the Bills that they was were more desperate. To, yeah, they were more desperate. The they Bills got the played more desperate. Well, and in the, the for Dan Quinn, Rod, and we talk about Mike McCarthy and a team that seemed to be unprepared and not handling the success of last Sunday. The defense. I mean, how? I mean, anytime Buffalo wanted to get the edge, get the perimeter on them. I mean, there was there was no seal. There was no ability to stop the outside run, and then yeah. inside outside. I mean, James Cook was just all over them yesterday. It was a really strong performance by the Buffalo Bills, and that you know, that's probably after beating Kansas City, winning that game at, at at KC, coming home, beating the Cowboys. Now Buffalo has you know they got to yeah. make the playoffs first. But yeah, they, but they're dangerous. They're announced that hey, we're back in this thing. Yeah, they had 147 rushing yards in the first half. half. Come on, Cowboys. First half of that game. It was unbelievable. Unreal. Um, also, the first half, the, the Bills were the only NFL team in the last 30 years to have three touchdown drives of 11-plus plays and 75-plus yards in the first half of the game. You just don't see that. Can we uh, – They did it just by handing, handing off the ball. 
Somebody also pointed out Mike McCarthy not challenging a Stephon Diggs fumble that on a drive that led to a touchdown. Uh, yeah, Mike McCarthy didn't have a good day. Dan Quinn didn't have a good day. The players Dad, didn't, have a good, didn't have a good Dad day. didn't have a good day. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that was – that was yeah, I mean, I, I, you got – every team in the NFL has had an ugly loss of some sort. And, by the way, the Bills, the way they're trending, they are one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. So, I, I wouldn't panic if I was a Cowboys fan. But the, the point is you know you're a team now. So you know how a team is going to beat them or try to beat them. They're going to try to run the football, and if the Cowboys are on the road, they're a different team than they are at home. That's just the reality of it. it, it Longhorn fans know the Longhorns very well. That's why Longhorn fans are nervous about the Washington matchup. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this Longhorn team matches up really well with Bama and Michigan. It's like – Washington team, mm, better quarterback. Elite passing might game. Might have a better <laughs> elite passing game. Like, elite so, quarterback. Texas is a better team, but their strength specifically targets and, and matches up and aligns with your weakness. And that's, you know, it's, football's about matchups. Football's basically like the boxing matches, man. They're about matchups. And that was a – they turned it into a bad matchup for the Cowboys by no, running the football. No question. We'll yeah. talk about week 15 and, you know, three games Saturday. Uh, full slate yesterday, including uh, – uh, the Niners, we mentioned. The Eagles play tonight. We'll see if Jalen Hurts can go. He's dealing with an illness. It could be Marcus Mariota tonight in Seattle. Another backup quarterback. Another backup quarterback. Hey, backup quarterback's running the league this year. Yeah, well, and hey, uh, Texans won with a backup quarterback. Shout out. Case Keenum. Uh, That's a culture win right there, man. That is a culture win. That was win. a hell of a win. That was uh, to get to eight and six and put the uh, – because, I mean, opposite of the Cowboys, the, the Texans had their worst performance of, or one of their worst performance of the year last week against the Jets when C.J. Stroud got hurt. And they, and they they went into Tennessee playing the Titans who put on all the Oilers – I mean, the old-school Oilers, Rod. It was disrespectful. Disrespectful. It was hard mm-hmm. to watch. But you know what? You and, I, you and I grew up with the Oilers choking in uniforms just like that. So mm-hmm. it was kind of uh, – Kind of, yeah, it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I've seen that, those yeah. uniforms. You get up 13 nothing <laughs> Against a team that was missing a starting quarterback and, what, four or five other starters? Oh, I mean, like they six were, starters on offense are out. They were mass unit pretty oh, much. Um, you know, defensively, but that's where – how about the seven sacks for that Texans defense? How about D'Amico Ryan's defense stepping up and yeah. uh, holding Derrick Henry to – you know, he's now pondering his retirement or something after this game because the Houston defense just suffocated the run game. Uh, Devin Singletary me, ran, ran for 121 yards. Uh, Derrick Henry – 16 carries, nine yards. I mean, that's one of the worst performances he's ever had. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, it, college or pro. I mean, that's no question. Yeah, that was. I, I haven't done the research, but I can you just say, tell you that. You know, whatever Houston season outcome is at 8-6 and six now, can they make the playoffs if be way ahead of schedule? That's a culture win. D'Amico Ryan's got his team back after a, a, a lame performance against the Jets with Case, Case Keenum, the former U of H Cougar, rising up. A, that was a that was really a performance. yeah that was a hell of a win by the Texans. It really was, and I think they're you know they're second in that division behind the Jags, but they got a they got a shot an outside shot. Jags to got beat last night. They got uh, outclassed by the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. at home on Sunday Night Football. By the way, their quarterback Trevor Lawrence is now in concussion protocol coming mm-hmm. out of that game. I, I'm losing track. I gotta I gotta update my quarterback God, injury <laughs> status reports well, I mean, here. The, I mean, if you're a Texans fan, the hope is because they have a huge game now with the Cleveland Browns. This week. And the, and Browns, the Browns, Joe Flacco. Winning. Yeah, Joe Flacco's winning. Another they backup quarterback. They rallied after a terrible first half to beat the Bears 20-17. to How they're... good is your backup quarterback? Yeah, Joe Flacco off his mom's couch. Playing well. Stepping up and stepping in. And, Playing um, well. That defense is elite in Cleveland. So Houston and Cleveland playing a huge Christmas weekend matchup. Uh, meanwhile, the Cowboys will play the Dolphins. Dolphins, without Tyree Kill yesterday, took care of business. 
beat the Jets. Uh, so you know, still got the Bengals yeah. that are in it now because Jake Browning, Jake Browning, Zach Taylor. I think is going to be in the running with D'Amico for Coach of the Year uh, right now. The way the way his team is playing without Joe Burrow, without a doubt, without Fantastic. a doubt. And the Browns, the Browns defense, man, really good. It's <laughs> really that's, good. That's that's an that's an elite defense right there. It really is. If you haven't watched it, you got to check it Miles out. Miles Garrett is unbelievable. Is he? He's he's probably going to win Defensive Player of the probably Year. Probably so. Probably. Think, so. I'm trying to think of who else this year is having a. a a kind of a campaign as good as Miles Garrett. I don't know if anybody is. Well, they they right, defensively. They are. It I mean, was to run bland, but then they kind of And Micah Parsons, uh, but he's yesterday was not good for him. Uh, I don't know. Uh yes, yeah, and again, one game does not make a season, but right now Miles Garrett's putting together the best a, defensive season I yeah. think of anybody uh consistently. And yeah, I mean that team with with Joe Flacco, who really was, you know, the story is you know, on Thanksgiving weekend he was at his mom's house watching football. Hey, and now he's up. leading the, the And by the way, they just gave him a contract for the, they gave him a raise this week to hey, win because they're winning. They're winning, man. It's like, hey, you can, hey, Joe, whatever you're doing, Joe, keep doing it. We appreciate it. So yeah, they, they, all they need right now, I know Cam Newton ain't gonna like it, is a man, a game manager. And that's what you need. A lot of these backups do. Like, hey, man, can you manage the game? He was talking trash on game managers. Every team in the league right now is looking for a game manager. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> a and quarterback that won't lose them the game. But he's a veteran player who's won a Super Bowl, Joe Flacco. Yeah. And, you know, they still have Amari Cooper and this tight end, David Njoku. They can push the ball down the field. He's got the big arms still. And even without – remember, Nick Chubb suffered that horrible knee injury at yeah. the beginning of the year. They've stuck they – stuck, they still have a really good offensive line, and Cleveland can run the ball. So, their defense um, will all keep them in every game. Well, their that, defense is just that good. Yeah, who would have uh. predicted when the season began that Cleveland and Houston – Remember, this is Deshaun Watson's new team, and uh, the connection yeah. between those two organizations will be, playing, is, will be playing a huge, important playoff matchup uh, on Christmas weekend like they fantastic. will this coming weekend. The Cowboys, meanwhile, will be in Miami to face the Dolphins. So uh, we'll talk about all things Week 15. We'll talk uh, Longhorn Volleyball, the national champions, and we'll get to Texas football coming up behind the BOC, the Burn Orange Curtain. Uh, Matthew Golden has committed to Texas, uh, one of the top – transfer portal targets for the Longhorns. Also, Rod, I took into a lot of the state championship games over the weekend up in Arlington. Oh, yeah, I got, I, got, I got a little rant about that coming up. We'll get into that, too. Oh, John Bianco did, uh, and my man CB, shout out to CB, always hooking us up, uh, Chris GB002000. Um, he actually uh, tweeted out this with its second straight t- NCAA title today. Texas volleyball becomes the ninth Longhorn program to ever win back-to-back national championships. Joining Texas baseball. Texas football, he says here. Yeah, 69 and 70. Golf. Oh, yeah. Uh, ooh, golf. Good one. Rowing. Uh, swimming and diving, of course. I mean, we knew that. That was the easy one. Yeah, swimming uh, and diving was the chalk <laughs> one. Uh, men and women swimming and diving, so that counts as two. Um, and then he's got women's tennis and track and field. All right, so, yeah, we've got several. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Oh, those are women's track and field. Shot women's track and field specifically. Shot to the ladies. CB texted and said that baseball went back-to-back 49 and 50. Foot, football, 69-70. Okay. Rowing is the most recent. And now bat, uh, volleyball goes back-to-back right. in 22 and now 23. Congratulations. Still, still to pretty rarefied air for Jared Coach Elliott. and his uh, power program. We'll come back with more of that. Longhorn football as well. What the facts for the end of the hour. Your thoughts on those Cowboys, the Texans, and the NFL. Let's hit it. It's just uh, getting warmed up on a Monday. The good, the bad, and the ugly from a busy weekend. Hope you had a great one. Glad you're with us on the Horn. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. What a weekend. What a weekend it was. Hope you had a great one as we plow on towards Christmas and the holiday season. One week to uh, Christmas Day. 
So uh, busy week, obviously. Get that final Christmas shopping done, all the things you got to oh, do this yeah. week because uh, it'll be into the holiday weekend. But, uh, boy, a lot went on this past weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We had 12 high schools in the state of Texas, Rod, Wednesday championships between last Wednesday and Saturday, including um, – I think it's not arguable. The best team in, in Texas in high school football this year was DeSoto. Yeah, no doubt. With our man Claude Mathis because they put 70 points on Summer Creek, right? Well, they win by 50 points. They set a record. Uh, beat Summer Creek out of North Houston there. Yeah, uh, DeSoto. And, and remember, during they're in the same district, so during the season, DeSoto beat Duncanville in the regular year. And Duncanville won the state championship again, beat North Shore. Those two met for the fifth time in six seasons. And then uh, – Duncanville got the championship uh, in 6A Division One. DeSoto won in 6A Division Two. Alito won their tw- 11th or 12th state championship over the weekend. Uh, them up. Port Natchez Groves won their first since uh, the, the mid-70s, so congrats to them. It was good over the weekend. As far as it pertains to the Longhorns, Rod, how about uh, Colin Simmons was, again, the second straight year wins the MVP of the state championship game on defense. Eight tackles, three sacks, one forced fumble, and Duncanville's win over North Shore. Uh, he was dominant. Uh, also in that game, Alex January, who's the Longhorn legacy. He's a commitment to Texas. He had a big game as well uh, in that one. How about how about the high school career, Rod, of Colin Simmons, who's coming into Texas yeah, he's a, he's as an early fan. enrollee, as one of those those it guys. Won two state titles. Won the MVP of the on defense in both state championship games. He also won a high school basketball championship. He's part of their basketball team. Yeah, he's a great athlete, man. Golly. He's a, he's a true freak of nature. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's a pretty good run there at yeah. uh, Duncanville High in South Dallas. Who You've talked about how the Metroplex dominates uh, uh, high, you know, NFL players out of that, you know, coming out of that, that, that Metroplex. A lot of them are right there on that I-20 South Dallas mm-hmm. corridor. Uh, Duncanville, DeSoto, South Oak Cliff all up there playing. Uh, for state championships over the weekend. So that happened. Texas Volleyball won uh, the national championship, obviously. Uh, Cowboys laid an egg in Buffalo. Texans, gritty, tough win. Part of the good, the bad, and the ugly. But, Rod, right now, can we go behind your burn orange curtain? And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's get into uh, Texas, Washington a little bit. I went back and started watching some more of the Texas, Washington uh, game from the Alamo Bowl. Just trying to figure out exactly how Texas uh, and Washington are going to match up, and that's obviously a great place to start. So if you're interested, great homework to do. Uh, But the biggest issues for Texas in that game were, uh, especially on defense, were getting off the field. They just couldn't get off the field. They did a, the defensive game plan was sound. Um, I cannot reiterate that enough. It, they held Michael Penix to his lowest yards per attempt in the last two years. Um, they held him to lower than 60% completion percentage. Uh, they were only one of 10 on deep ball shots, 20 yards or more down the field. I mean, if I gave you all those numbers, you'd assume, man, it sounds like you know, Texas was in a good position to win the game, and they were. Um, they just couldn't get off the field. Uh, Washington was 13 of 23 on money downs, that third and fourth downs. And even though Texas, like I said, game plan was really good, even forced an interception early on in that game, probably should have had another one with Terrence Brooks, probably could have been a game changer, uh, might have went to the house on that one. Texas just couldn't find a way to get off the get Penix and the Washington offense off the field. And I went back and looked at all the, the conversions uh, and found a trend. And it's a, a bit of a troubling one. But I think Texas, since 
you know, they had this this time, three, you know, weeks to work on fundamentals, work on technique, address some issues. I do think the Longhorn uh, defense will probably see the same thing I'm seeing, that this is something that they need to sure up, uh, something that they need to address before they see Washington. I'm sure Kellen DeBoer, who's a damn good coach, he has seen it too. Last season on their third down conversions, uh, third and fourth down conversions, by the way, um, a lot of them came when they were either uh, targeting bunch formations, as you guys have heard me talk about, closely clustered groups of receivers, um, either on inside breaking routes and, uh, and or out of empty formation. It was kind of those three that really Texas had trouble defending. Uh, if you look at the third down conversion, third and fourth down conversions, just defending those specific concepts, uh, basically they were, I think, 9 of 12. Right, so about 75% conversion rate, defending those concepts specifically. And the one that really gave Texas issues uh, was targets to, to bunch formations. You guys have heard me talking about it all season long, probably tired of it at this point. But it, it, it's one of the only concepts Texas struggles to defend. And in that game against Washington, uh, Washington completed less than 55% of them. But if you go look at the third and fourth down conversions, uh, they were over 80% conversion rate when they were tar- specifically targeting closely clustered groups of receivers last season. That has been an issue for Texas all season long. Right? That's been a bit of an issue. When I look back and clock targets to bunch formations on third and fourth downs all season long, talking about money downs here, right? Um, that's what matters. And Texas, by the way, is a top five third down defense. So they're really good on money downs. But targets a bunch formations on money downs, Texas uh, allowing over a 70% conversion rate on the season. Yeah, and you said it, though. That was when, you know, last year they were really bad on third down defense. This year they're second in the country. They're great at it. Yeah, and that's, so that's the hope is they've improved that. And as you said, they have a month to prepare for this Washington team, who they had a good game plan against. And you're right, having been at the Alamo Dome last year, it's just they, they were doing a great job first and second down. They and really then, were. And then they'd convert. And as this kept drives alive and kind of wore that Texas defense down as the game went on. But this year, Texas, um, they're allowing only 26% on third down this year, only just a, a fraction behind Georgia for the national lead on uh, third down defense. But, but yes, this is a, this is the type of offense that gives Texas a lot more trouble than uh, the run based offense that they've been so good against. Yeah. Um, so that specific concepts closely clustered groups of receivers, what I call bunch formations, um, they were that's that was one of their keys, if not their biggest key to conversions last season. And even though Texas has improved, now they're a top five third down defense in the country this year specifically, they have struggled defending uh, targets to bunch formations on money downs. So that is something to watch. Texas got to figure that out over this this break. If they don't figure out a better way to defend it over this break, Washington's going to use it again yeah. on money downs. Why wouldn't they go back to it? <clears throat> also, um, I know it's the inside breaking routes last season, which was an issue. Um, and in that game also became a bit of an issue. They were 50% on third down conversions when they were targeting inside breaking routes. Um, they had a better, they had a better completion, close to 69% completion rate on inside breaking routes last year, but specifically on money downs, third and fourth downs, 50% conversion rate. That's a bit concerning because this season, uh, money downs, you're looking at money downs here, specifically third and fourth downs. In, and when te- teams or opposing teams are targeting inside breaking routes, not only did Power Five starting quarterbacks here, so I took out 
the backup Texas played, and I took out Rice out of the equation. Um, so I took that out. But in those games where they played a power five starting quarterback, you talk about over 50% conversion rate uh, on money downs targeting inside breaking routes. So that, that, like I said, that was the second most successful concept for Washington last season on money downs. Third most successful concept was probably uh, empty formation. They they were only one of one out of it, but um, they they're gonna run. They run a lot of empty. They love running empty formation. And you know, Texas actually been pretty good this year defending empty overall. But remember the U of H game. U of H for some reason they found something. Remember they were they ran a lot of empty formation um, in that game. They were 85 percent completion rate out of empty. Um, over nine yards per attempt. Three explosive plays. That's something Washington likes to do a lot, and they had some success with it versus Texas last season. So those three concepts on money downs, that's what Texas lost the game last year, that and rush defense, uh, which we'll address uh, at another uh, another time because I think schematically was where they had to um, – basically they, they had to pick a poison last year. They don't have to pick that poison this year because I think they can play the run with a lighter box. Last year – the reason they stopped the deep ball, deterred it, and was able to neutralize it, they played a lot of two high safeties, a lot of two deep safeties to initially their alignment would deter them from you know, throwing the deep ball, but they would defend it better. And they would come down to the run, run for safeties would late. So they would come, they would rotate late. And the reason that matter, they'd rotate late. Often Washington would run the football to the opposite side. They rotated to safeties. It was, go back and watch, it was crazy. I don't even know how they figured it out, but they would often run the football to the opposite side of the rotation and often take basically kind of take that safety out of the play. Or he'd be running it down from the backside. And Texas played with a lighter box, which means they had fewer defenders than Washington had blockers. And that's why they ran for 158 yards or five and a half yards per rush. This year, because Devontae Sweat is such a force of nature and such a war daddy, and he got Byron Murphy and Jalen Ford, they, they actually can play the run better with the light box. They can, may not stop it, but they can play it better, which means they can, they can take some of the game plan from last year, and all you have to do is rotate a little bit more successfully with the safeties to the run game. Um, but in terms of defending the pass game, whatever you did last season worked. I would add probably a little bit more bump and run coverage. Um, they didn't play much at all last season. Um, I probably would add that situationally. But, like I said, the game plan works, and I think it'll work even better this season because they'll be able to play the run with the light box. We know Washington won't run the football on Texas because nobody's been able to run the football on Texas. Yeah, 13 mm. games in. They're pretty damn good at that. Uh, yeah. Two weeks from today is the uh, national championship game that night, uh, 745 out in New Orleans. Obviously, we'll have full coverage, and uh, we're, we're excited to, to be there live. We'll bring you live coverage from New Orleans uh, for pregame and the uh, the after, pro- after party ride yes, right. uh, in New Orleans. So we'll get you details on that and uh, tell you about our travel partners and all that's coming in the next two weeks. We're really excited about it uh, through the holidays and uh, into the new year. Longhorns just won a national championship in volleyball. They're going to try to go. You know, the volleyball team went back-to-back, rather. They're trying to go back-to-back volleyball into football, which would be pretty cool. But uh, Longhorns have that opportunity. Uh, We'll talk more coming up on the Longhorn Big Weekend, the Matthew Golden commitment. I know that's a big one for Texas. Uh, Probably among their top prospects, if they could have ranked them in the portal with um, their three or four top pass catchers moving on after this season's over. Matthew Golden is in. We'll talk more about him coming up, coming in from the University of Houston. 
Also, we mentioned early signing window opens Wednesday. Get you the very latest on that as well. Coming up next, though, it's What's the Facts, including this Longhorn volleyball team, what they accomplished here over the uh, last couple of weeks in this entire season. To go back-to-back, we've got NFL coming out of Week 15. It's a Monday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby coming back with What the Facts. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Good, bad, and ugly on a Monday. What a weekend. Obviously, the good highlighted by the Texas Longhorn women's volleyball team, or just volleyball team, winning the national championship in dominant fashion, three sets to none. And a lot of times you'll tune in for a match like that, Rod, and you, you just, and you're going to be three hours watching this thing because it's going to go five sets and be back and forth. This was, uh, um, and you, not the case. It was not dramatic. It was dominant is really <laughs> the only word you could put on it because uh, Madison Skinner capped her tremendous uh, season, and she's the tournament's most outstanding player, 16 kills to lead all attackers. Uh, how about this? You win a national championship with a freshman setter. I mean, uh, those in the volleyball world will tell you that is uh, rarefied air to have a freshman. Uh, who, by the way, Ella Swindle, she came to the to – the, when they won it in Omaha last year, Ron, and won the national championship a year ago, she was there uh, just to watch it. Mm-hmm. And now she was back as a freshman setter leading the Longhorns to a national championship. Uh, that's, that's pretty weird. It's like having a freshman point guard or freshman quarterback amazing. leading you to a national championship. And it's uh, – Championship DNA. Championship DNA for Jared Elliott in that volleyball program. And just, um, as we said, once they survived that Tennessee match, uh, it's been a, a freight train. The it's next good. last three matches. Yeah, and uh, like I said, over the number the one, two, and three. Yeah. It, it, I mean, uh, were, they, were they favored in any of those matchups? I don't yeah, know. I don't, know I don't look they, at lines. They wouldn't have been. I mean, Nebraska, Nebraska was the favorite all year. I don't know. They would have been favored in any of those. Yeah. So well, especially, well, the first one was at Stanford in the round of eight, and that was on their home floor, and then Stanford had beaten Texas. Remember, Texas started the year uh, shaky. They were five and three. They were you know, replacing a lot of people. They had some injuries yeah. early in the season, mm-hmm. and uh, got off to a to a not typical Jared Elliott start. And that kind of people thought, okay, well Texas isn't as good. They've got had the transfers come in and uh, had some injuries early. And uh, speaking of injuries, right? How about Asia O'Neill, who had the, the the all the aces yesterday with her service ability? You know, she she had uh, she was told uh, to stop playing volleyball because of a heart condition, and she and her family had to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, she had open heart surgery. Um, and returned hmm. to play in 2020, and there were again the doctors kind of recommended that she that she stop playing. Well, and through her family, she decided to to stick with it, and and you know here she is back to back national champion. Now she was part of both of those teams uh, for Texas that raised the trophy. That's awesome. That's a that's a great story. Um, all right, let's give you an ugly stat from the uh, the Cowboys Me? debacle. Uh, James Cook, first player with 200 scrimmage yards and two scrimmage touchdowns versus the Cowboys since. 2012. Alfred Morris did it in 2012. That Washington squad back in the day. Oh, you know what? Actually, that does make sense now. That was that was the Shanahan group, wasn't it? Was that the Shanahan clan in Shanahan 2012? Shanahan clan, yep. Mm-hmm. That zone run, running scheme. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But this does not, what we watched on, on Sunday, did not make any sense at all. Cowboys getting pushed around. Yeah, they really got the bully, bully balled by the Bills. and They got pushed around. That yeah. was, uh, How about this? First road team in over 10 years to allow 85 net yards passing or fewer and lose by 20 or more points. Cowboys. <laughs> That's good. Right? Yeah. How does that happen? Meanwhile, the, uh, you know, we, we were talking Cowboys all last week of how they were on this, this rise and they were you know, up there with mm-hmm. the four. As I said last week, Rod, if they beat Buffalo, I'll be nervous for the first time in my promise, right, to walk to Dallas. You said that. I, I'll, I'll, but 
So, so not, you're not nervous no, anymore? No, not nervous. I, um, yeah, that's the combination of that performance yeah. versus and then watching the Niners hang 45 on the Cardinals. Um, you know, Brock Purdy, four more touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, three more touchdowns. I mean, it's just a machine we just, in San Francisco. Yeah. You just know who this, this team is, uh, the Cowboys team. Is. And they're good. They're really, really good. But unfortunately, I, I think they can be beaten because there's a clear blueprint on how to attack and play the Cowboys, especially if they're away from home, which – they're going to have to be away from home, I guess the Miami Dolphins, but even on the road in the playoffs, they're going to be. Yeah, well, two of the last three are on the road. They play uh, at Miami this weekend, and then Dolphins are an early two-point favorite. Yeah, Dolphins likely to have Tyreek Hill back for that game. Tyreek missed yesterday's game. They beat the Jets without him. Um, and we talk about rushing the packs. You know, you think about the uh, Dolphins, and you think, you know, Tua in the passing game. Raheem Mostert scored his 19th touchdown yesterday. That's a franchise record. Their running game is good in Miami. So the Cowboys better buckle it up uh, for that run game. And I'll say this, if they have to go on the road in the playoffs, Ron, they're likely to have to go to Tampa Bay hmm. to play the Buccaneers. And how about Baker Mayfield yesterday? Baker's playing well. 381 yards and four touchdowns. They went into Lambeau Field and beat the daylights out of the Packers 34-20. to uh, Huge game for Baker. Uh, huge game for Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin. Uh, so... You know, if you go on the road, you're, that's who you're probably going to play because they're, they're on line to win the, AF, the NFC South uh, with that win yeah. yesterday. That gets them to 7-7. Seven and seven. Atlanta took a real ugly loss. Saints are in that conversation. Could be either New Orleans or – I like Tampa Bay right now the way they're playing. Essentially as the five seed, which the Cowboys will be if they can't over, for, surpass Philadelphia and get to the two seed, they're going to be a five seed on the road and, and playing the, the – and, and just like last year when they wouldn't beat Tom Brady, they're going to go play the uh, NFC South champion whoever can win that division, Buccaneers, Saints. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield, I, I told you last week, I was like, man. Comeback player of the year, right? Yeah, he's playing really well, actually. He's, trying to, he's found his rhythm as a quarterback. And I think, honestly, him being under the radar is helping him. Yeah. Like, he's kind of just gone under the radar there with the Bucks. Not just, doing an insurance commercial. Yeah, living at the exactly. stadium. They don't get a lot of marquee primetime games. No, he's like, no, I'm just, he just went back to work. He just went back to work, so I'm happy for Baker. Good for him. Um, okay, what the facts? Here's another one. Jake Browning becomes the first Bengals quarterback to win three of his first four starts since Boomer Esiason did it in 1984. Man, the backup. The year of the backup. Year of the backup. It it's certainly happening. is, and it. You know, the backup. I mean, tonight you may have a backup in Marcus Mariota because Jalen Hurts, the quarterback of the Eagles, listed as uh, questionable now, downgraded to questionable because of an illness. Uh, he's, he's trying to fight through it, and they, he's not with the team. They're trying to keep him separated. They don't want to transmit whatever he's dealing with to his teammates. So yep. Eagles and Seahawks tonight. Brock Purdy uh, left for a player, a player two in that 49ers game, yeah. and then Sam Darnold had to come in. Yeah. We're gasping at that. It is unprecedented yeah. number of backup quarterbacks, third-string quarterbacks having to play. By the way, how about speaking of quarterbacks, Rod, did you see what uh, – Jameis Winston did yesterday. Jameis Winston. We're talking about New Orleans could be an opponent for the Cowboys come oh, playoff man. time. What's Jameis doing now? <laughs> what's, what's, what's famous Jameis doing now? He brought an, he came to the game with an empty briefcase, right? Empty briefcase. What, was, what does it symbolize or whatever? In a pregame speech, he, oh, he opened the, the briefcase and said to his team, the only thing separating them from greatness is nothing. <laughs> I love Jameis. He is he is hilarious, man. Empty briefcase. He this, is a, this, he's this, a, this briefcase rod is the only thing separating us from greatness. He's a key and peel skit. He really is. I mean, he is. Uh, remember, he ate the W that time. Yes. <laughs> 
He did a, a W with his head and ate the W. Westside oh. style. I mean, that, that dude's great. I'm Dude telling you. Dude is great. Oh, man. He's, he, I think he's just, honestly, I think he probably is good for the overall vibe of the locker room. I, bet, I think guys like him because he's funny. He is a he's a goofball. He, he, and I, I don't even know if he's trying to be funny. I think sometimes he's actually trying to be serious. That's why he's so funny. Yeah, and he's I, playing as a straight man. And I think we would all agree. You know, it, I think Jimbo Fisher should be cutting him on in on some of that guaranteed money he's going to be collected uh, for the next seven years. You know, yeah. from the from the Aggies. Uh huh. Yeah. Because without Jimbo, without Jameis Winston, there is no Jimbo Fisher. No. There no. is no big contract. That's true. No, that's a good point. Yeah, and you get to go, uh, what, buy another ranch or yeah. an island yeah. or whatever yeah. he wants to buy. Well, yeah. my, my man Jameis got an empty briefcase. Invite Jameis over there. Just invite Jameis <laughs> to come like hang out. like all those coaches down at A&M should be cutting, uh, cutting Johnny Manziel in on some of their contracts that they've taken off of that deal. You know what I'm saying? That is true. That's you know, a good point. Yeah, man. Pay it forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pay it right. forward. There's, there's a lot of those types of stories. Charlie Strong and Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, a lot of those. yeah, there right? are. There are. <laughs> There's a bunch, a bunch of them out there. So, yeah, we'll see the Eagles tonight, Rod. But, you know, it's an NFL's a week-to-week league. We know this. You're just trying to survive week-to-week. The Texans were the embarrassment a week ago, losing to the Jets, giving up 30 to, to Zach Wilson. This week they found a way to win with their third-string mm-hmm. quarterback in Tennessee. Uh, uh, you know, but here's the thing for the Cowboys. They went out and played like they did where they Josh Allen completed seven passes. Seven passes. Didn't throw for 100 yards yet you still lost by 21. I don't know how that happens. Meanwhile, the Niners are the Niners. The Detroit Lions on Saturday went out and looked like that Lions team we talk about. They hung 42, 42 with Jared Goff throwing five touchdowns on Den- on Denver, and Denver's not a bad team. No. So, again, you, this is the time of year where you want to be peaking. We felt like the Cowboys were trending. This was a really, really big setback for them yesterday. This was a – it reminded you of the Niners game. It was because they weren't competitive. Yeah. It'd be different. You know, no shame in losing. It's the league. It's the league. But and the, the Buffalo Bills have been playing in the margins for yeah. months now where they play all close games. Yeah, Cowboys were riding too high. And then the, the Bills were desperate. Shows you in this league, mindset is big. How are the Cowboys not desperate? I mean, that's the thing. You already had one embarrassing, two embarrassing losses this year at Arizona and then the San Francisco game, which was a litmus test game. You, you lay the egg. And how, I don't know, that, that to get pushed around like that, Rod, to be less desperate in a game like that in, in December, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, but I'm with you, man. You, you could tell. It was obvious that the Cowboys, they were flat. They, they were. came out. They had no They had no energy. That was that was a flat Cowboys team on the road right. in December, like you said. Texas volleyball certainly not flat yesterday. Longhorn football with a big portal commitment. We'll get your details on that. Cowboys, Texans, and uh, Longhorns back to practicing as they get ready for National Signing Day Wednesday. We are jam-packed one hour in of our five on this Monday morning.